Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCarg from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind the scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. Here we go. Another week of Midnight Founders Podcast. It's AJ and Jake here. We've got a really cool guest today. Uh, Mark Sullivan, and uh, Mark is an incredible entrepreneur and CEO of ERC Specialists. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, AJ. Jake, good to be here. It's good to see you, man. Good to have you here on the show. There's a lot going on about ERC and the credits and everything right now, especially, so we're excited to dive into this. This is cool. Excited to get into it, yeah. Thanks, Mark. So, um, you know, let's talk about, I mean, how we usually start out the podcast is give us your 30-second pitch or elevator pitch of whatever you want to talk about, maybe 60 second of ERC specialists and what you're trying to accomplish. So ERC specialists is a company that is narrowly focused on this credit called ERC. That's the acronym stands for employee retention tax credit. And it came out with the cares act. And very quickly we, we realized that although it was a very broad credit, it was very subjective and it was a payroll tax credit, which without getting into too many details in the elevator pitch, very underserved and a ripe opportunity for a company to come up and help business, uh, businesses in the mass, um, you know, to the thousands. Mm-hmm. And uh, we realized that need was there. So we created ERC specialists to be able to use automated technology to uh, help small businesses that were underserved that couldn't go to the big four accounting firms to take advantage of this credit because um, it was new and and not a lot of uh, even CPAs had figured it out yet. So, so when you guys spun it up, I remember we we met, I think, a couple months after you guys had uh-huh. started. And at that point, I had heard of ERC, but that was it. It was just kind of this thing that was talked about. And most of the accountants out there, like local accounting firms, didn't know how to apply it. And we're telling most of the companies, yeah, you qualify for PPP, but you don't qualify for ERC. And so when I met with with you guys, it was like, no, way more companies qualify for ERC credits that they don't realize it right now. Well, early on, the Treasury Department came out with the stat. They said it looks like 70% is their estimate of companies may be eligible for this. So that kind of gives you an idea of how broad this this credit is. And, um, and, and it was kind of meant to be, right? Because they wanted to help companies that struggled during COVID. Yeah. They so, wanted to get it out there. So Mnuchin came out and said, we want all businesses to look at this credit. And I'm paraphrasing that. But he said it, it's meant to, to be a help. Um, it came out with the CARES Act. So this is a pandemic relief, uh, you know, um, COVID-era uh, credit. But initially, you couldn't do PPP and ERC. And, and that's really important because businesses, even today, um, don't totally know all the details about ERC, and there's so much mis- misinformation out there. So with the American Rescue Plan Act, though, about a year later, they amended the CARES Act, or specifically this provision of it, to say you can actually do both. You can't double, uh, double dip um, you know, how we're calculating the credit. Um, you can't um, use PPP and, and then take advantage of it. You know, and that's called double dipping. Uh, but if you account for all that, you actually there is now room for you to be able to do both. And that was Congress themselves that came out and said that, right? Or amended that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is the actual legislation of it with the American Rescue Plan Act. Yeah. At that point, though, COVID was kind of behind um, in, um, in the rear, rear view mirror in terms of um, it being on the minds of business owners. And so 
um, they weren't aware that this was even available. And then coming back to accountants, what's really important about this credit is it's a payroll uh, credit. So accountants typically deal, deal with year-end credits, and a lot of times they don't have the payroll information to begin with, and a lot of them haven't even filled out the form itself as a 941 form. So a lot, a lot of uh, accountants have never even filled that out. They can figure it out. They're, they're definitely you know, smart people. But they have a thousand things to worry about. And this new credit that's not even in their lane, um, all of a sudden they were expected to understand it. It was uh, quickly realized that, that no one was serving businesses. This was, uh, there, there was no advocacy group to help small businesses take advantage of this credit. And they were probably getting overwhelmed because they were getting questions by the hundreds, like, what is this and how does this work and all that and stuff, And it was right? amended. So we started here. So yes, they were getting questions, but they were doing their best to answer it. And a lot of that was old information. Like, oh, nope, you can't double debt. You can't do both. Like, well, actually you can now. It was amended. Or, oh, I think you don't qualify because it's a revenue reduction thing and, and you're obviously doing better. And it's like, well, that's not the full story. There's other, other ways to potentially be eligible. So yeah, again, they had a lot on their plate. But because of that, it's caused a lot of problems that we're dealing with today. So where did the idea come from? I mean, were you dealing with, are you a tax accountant by trade or like, how did you stumble on this? So like good, any good entrepreneur, um, it was just an opportunity to fix. It was a problem to fix. So, um, and Mark, you were in real estate prior to this, right? Is that, am I no, remembering that uh, right? So my business partner is, I think that's, uh, what, what you were thinking with that there um, we go. with Josh, but, um, he knew that I was, I was kind of more of the operations guy with, with the businesses that I've done in the past, uh, really good at just operations and, and, and figuring out a model and then scaling that up. So one of the businesses that we had uh, was called the lights fest. Uh, it's a sky lantern event company where, you know, we have these paper lanterns, you light a little fire at the bottom of it and they go up in the sky, you've probably seen ads for it. It's kind of the tangled Disney movie exactly. motif, right? So the Lights Fest, um, and I have great partners that ran that. I was, I was kind of more of an inactive partner on that. Um, but I was looking at that business for PPP to see if we could get some assistance there. But then also we had paid for venues. Uh, we had paid for marketing and the pandemic hit, and those venues said, well, sorry, you're out of luck. We're, gonna, we have to, we're forced to cancel you. You can't come on this date. We're out all this marketing money. No one's reimbursing us that. And we did take, on the easiest, easiest path of qualification for ERC, we had a revenue reduction for that business. So coming back to your question on how we came about developing this company, I went to my accountant and said, are you aware of, of this credit? It's called ERC or ERTC or you're aware of what that is? And, oh, yeah, that, that's, that's a real thing. Oh, great. Do you think we qualify? Are we eligible? Oh, no, no, no. You, you're, you're not. It, that's very complicated. I, I definitely wouldn't even dive into it. And that's all I knew at that point. I wasn't the expert we are now in, in, the, in knowing everything about this credit. And so I was totally bummed because that would have actually helped save our business that was struggling at that point. Because it's up to 26000 per employee if you qualify for that. It's a amount. large credit. Yeah. It can be up to $26,000 per W-2 waged employee. So I was, I was bummed because I, I thought, man, I, I really thought we would qualify. And I suspected that maybe he didn't have all the information. So I actually went to a second accountant, and they didn't know anything about it. And now that first accountant's fired, right? <laughs> no, just, um, yeah, just kidding. They do a great job. Um, <laughs> just joking. We might be working with someone else now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I went to a third um, CPA 
and said, are you aware of this? And they said, we're aware of it. I don't personally do anything with payroll, but we actually have a, a payroll girl. And her, uh, Jerry Bowen, she's on the board of the American Payroll Association. And I chatted with her and she said, it sounds like you may be eligible, let's chat. And sure enough, we were. And I think it was just one or two of the quarters at that time that we had filed for, but it was a $60,000 credit, roughly, that made all the difference in the world. And coming back to how we started this, that's where the light bulb went off. And I said, my accountant just cost me, I mean, it's black and white, just cost me 60 grand. And it's not their fault. They don't, they don't, they even explain, they don't do a, this payroll thing. And I, I was even being educated at that point. I'm not an accountant. So wait, payroll, uh, who's doing that then? And typically it's your ADP, Gusto, QuickBooks. It's behind the scenes that you don't probably even know this, this document every quarter is being filed. But this credit, that's what we're amending, the 941, this quarterly payroll return. We're, we're uh, amending that to, um, if you are eligible to apply for, uh, for uh, ERC. Which, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but really the way this credit works is you've already paid into the system with your payroll taxes. You're just essentially getting this credit back from what you've paid into the system. It's kind of how that works, right? So, yeah, the, the actual acronym is misleading. Mm. So employment retention tax credit it's not giving you a credit. It's actually giving you, I mean, a check back. It's an overpayment is, is what comes on, on the notif uh, notice from the IRS. Um, and it's not an over overpayment in the taxes. It's an overpayment in the actual wages that you're getting back. It's a return on that. So, and you, uh, you, although the intention is to retain employees, that's not a requirement on this program either. So a few misnomers there, but it's, if you paid out, uh, $40,000 in W-2 wages to an employee, you may be able to get $26,000 back for that employee during the eligible quarters. So it's literally money that's already been paid into the system that you're kind of just getting a refund back on. Yeah, absolutely. A credit on, yep. right? That's cool. And so, yeah, make no mistake about it. It's a big credit. And uh, that's why we're, we're coming up with some issues right now with the IRS. Um, it's three times over budget. They budgeted about $85 billion for this. And, and to date... 230 billion has actually uh, gone out. So when you have that much money going out the door, you have a few opinions from political players on what should happen next. So recently they've come out with a new, uh, I guess they called it a, a, a news release from the IRS saying, hey, we're going to pause this program, pause processing and paying out um, uh, refunds for a while until we can kind of figure out how to uh, monitor and prevent any scams and things like that from happening, at least until January. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, so it started in March this year, actually. And the IRS um, started being a little bit more vocal about ERC. Um, then they came out with a few different press releases. And then in September, mid-September, they came out with a memorandum, uh, a moratorium on uh, processing um, these, these claims. What's interesting about that, if you look at actually what they say, so they said, if you file something today, we won't get to, to it till January 2024. And today we're, for those listening to this podcast, we're September 2023. Um, we have known for a long time that if we file something today, the IRS, even with or without this announcement, wouldn't have gotten to it until January anyways. It takes months. It takes months. And so then it makes you scratch your head in, in terms of, you know, what, what is their agenda? And if you look into it a little bit, they're getting a lot of pressure to slow the flow of how much money is going out the door. 
and uh, to speak to their concerns. I, I don't want to discount that. There are um, certain uh, you know, bad actors. There is some fraud in any application program. There's going to be fraud, and there is fraud in this, in this program. Out of the $230 billion that's gone out the door, they've said there's probably $8 billion of fraud. Now, that's still only 3.5%, so I think that's pretty good on a program. You still have 96% of eligible businesses coming in the front door. Uh, that are not fraudulent. So, um, but having said that, they're making it very difficult for someone to feel good about even looking at eligibility right now. So what has been um, ERC specialist reaction to all this news and this new development coming out? Um, honestly, it's about time. Uh, we, we, we've wanted the IRS to give additional guidance on this program from day one. So when the statute for ERC was passed with the CARES Act in March of 2020, they were actually mandated to give additional guidance within 30 days. We didn't hear anything. Um, a year later, notice 2021-20 came out, and that was actually the first time we got additional guidance. And it had a few specifics that were great. It gave us a, a better direction, a better path to follow. It wasn't until another, I think, two years passed after that that we're now starting to see additional guidance coming out. So we're actually ecstatic to know a little bit of insight on what the IRS is thinking about this because it's a very broad statute. It's a big money statute, uh, but it is, uh, it's very broad. And so uh, it's subjective in terms of eligibility on a few of the parts. Um, so where we stand, we realize that, that customers out there, business owners out there, um, they actually, it now is the time for, for someone to truly be a specialist or an expert in the space. And um, that's what we're continue, continuing to strive to do. Um, I don't know of any other company out there that has spent the money that we've spent in attorney fees and opinion letters and trying to figure out the details of this so that we can help the end business owner. And we continue to, to do that. And, and I, think we have a, I think we have some of the best insight into what's happening right now with this credit and what will happen than anyone in the country. This is a short, there's a short term window, right? There's a look back period for those six or whatever quarters that, that qualify for ERC. So it's a window. Mm -hmm. uh, and you guys have hit the ground running as fast as possible to try and help as many companies as you can. Um, what kind of market saturation have we gotten to at this point? So uh, we, yeah, we've helped a, a little over 65,000 companies. Heck That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it, it is incredible. In how long, like since March of 20, or since, I guess, when did you start? Um, so we started in April 2021. Okay, so, yeah. wow. so it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> it's, it's been just a little over two years. That's amazing. And we've helped over 65,000 uh, companies actually file. I mean, there's probably been over 150,000 companies come through the front door. But like any good company that is trying to do it with compliance uh, first, uh, we've rejected um, probably more than we have uh, that we've actually filed for. So, um, yeah, and that, that's part of it. So what's the saturation look like? Uh, we've got to look at it, some general numbers here. So you had about 16 million businesses do the Paycheck Protection Program. And uh, kind of gives you a, a baseline. Now, a sole proprietor, um, you could have done PPP, but you can't do ERC. So let's just say the baseline is about 10 million businesses that that uh, the, that's the bucket of businesses that have W-2-aged employees. Treasury came, came out and said about 70% of those businesses may be eligible for something, for a quarter. So you're at about 7 million businesses that may be eligible. And uh, the IRS just came out with, with this, I think, in early September. 
that there has been 3.6 million claims. Now, a claim is a quarter. So if you look at our averages, we do about four claims per business. So let's call it about a million businesses is all that has actually claimed eligibility. And according to the treasury, maybe up to 7 million are eligible. So it's completely unsaturated. 15%. 15%. So there's a lot of businesses out there that still qualify that have not yet received this credit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, if you're like me, and maybe I'm just looking for it because I'm that's my world, you're hearing ERC ads on online, you're hearing radio ads. We're getting the calls and the texts every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, the good thing that has happened with the IRS uh, doing what they just did is they released the pressure on that. And they did scare off some companies that were being a little bit too aggressive with marketing. And so we do see a, a complete difference in the amount of ads that we're seeing. And I think that's a good thing, consolidating uh, the industry a little bit. And, and you know, full disclosure to our audience, of course, ERC Specialist is one of... Um, RevRoad's portfolio companies, and we've been working with you from, you know, from a while ago. Um, and what we've seen is, is what's been so impressive is ERC Specialist has been built from the ground up to follow these guidelines from day one and has built processes and technologies and, um, you know, brought in the people and the systems to support as much about what the IRS intended for this program to be as possible, which is really kind of cool to see. So like what you're saying, this is a good thing because it's getting rid of some of the bad actors in the market and helping companies like ERC specialists elevate what they're doing or increase what they're doing because they're already doing it the way they should. Um, I actually couldn't agree more. Um, that, that's exactly how we feel. And um, businesses can make the decision whether or not they were a bad actor or not. So I don't want to insinuate that anyone not doing this anymore was. But I do think that I, I feel like I have a mantle. Uh, I, I feel like we have... Um, an obligation to small businesses to navigate this new statute that's getting so much attention. It's a big money. So, you know, some businesses got 200 grand, 400 grand, a few million bucks, and they're rightly so nervous about, you know, what, 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 what's going to happen next. So one thing in talking about processes and automation and technology, one thing that we um, are, are very proud of is um, some of the automation and the proprietary software that we have that actively looks at our customer's tax record, uh, monitors that, and lets us know in advance and sometimes 10 times sooner than they would have known otherwise if they get an audit. And we call that a, an ERC audit or specifically an information document request an IDR. And uh, that is, I, I, can't, I can't express just how... Uh, of an advantage that is. By going through us, you have that advantage to know what the IRS is going to do maybe 10 times before they notify you that they're going to do that. Why that's important is because if you have time to prepare for an, an audit, and we will put them in the put them in touch with the right people for this. Uh, we're, we're developing relationships with some of the top, uh, top uh, tax attorneys across the country that are representing clients for uh, ERC. Audits are still very rare. We still think it's going to be 1% or even lower. Um, with this, but if you do get audited, we're not going to just leave you to it and hope for the best. We're actually going to make it turnkey and introduce you to the right people that are going to be able to defend you in front of the IRS and, and see you through it. Because it is, like I said, it's a big money credit. And so there's a lot of worries on what that might look like. You've got a support system with ERC specialists. You have a support system. And, uh, and through our technology, it allows you to prepare for that, to work with, with this group, um, to be able to prepare for that. In contrast, if you didn't have this, you might have 10 days to prepare. Hmm. 
And, um, and there is a lot of preparation. They're being pretty aggressive right now with these, if you are in that 1% that may be audited. So over the last two years or so, as you get, you guys have been helping tons and tons of companies. Are there specific industries that, um, you, you see like somebody in that industry, you're like, Oh, this is a no brainer. Like, uh, or, or is it pretty industry agnostic? No, uh, definitely, uh, depending on the industry, uh, that can absolutely affect whether you're eligible or not. So an example of an industry that may have a very difficult time claiming eligibility, I think that might be better to, to contrast versus the industry that is yeah. like, oh, absolutely you'll, you'll qualify. Um, but let's say a SaaS company where um, their revenues have actually been climbing and uh, they had remote workforce uh, and they don't have any physical goods or products that were delayed in supply chain disruption. That might be a difficult eligibility uh, argument, um, even, even the fact that you know, this is a very broad um, uh, credit. Um, on, in contrast, uh, there is a supply chain uh, that may be part of a uh, uh, partial suspension that, that, uh, that uh, would potentially be eligible for this, uh, this program. Uh, revenue decline for those that you know, financially struggled, that's an easy one, looking at the P&Ls. Um, but like I said, it's broad. If you actually look at the statute, I've had, I've had about five tax attorneys tell me that because of how broad this is, they feel 100% of businesses qualify or are eligible. Now, we don't take that stance, and our doors aren't that wide open. So if you feel like that's the case, you're not going to get through very far with us if, if you're not truly eligible. But uh, but it is, it's a broad-based credit. That's why to date, $230 billion has gone out the door for it. So incredible. Mark, I, I mean, I, I would imagine, you know, <laughs> even just five or six years ago, you look back then and you think and look to where you're at now and you're thinking, I, I never would have thought I would be helping this many businesses, in some cases, stay open and, and prevent from filing bankruptcy. Because you've had those stories, right, where this literally was the difference between staying open and closing their doors, right? Yeah. Yeah, as an entrepreneur, you kind of go where the opportunities take you. So I've been um, a dealer with DirecTV, you know, those guys coming and knocking on your door, those that couldn't cut it with maybe an alarm company or something like that. I think they found a home with us. And we had several offices around the country and did those same-day installs and, and managing those groups. So we had a company that, that did that. Um, like I mentioned, a Lights Fest company. Um, I'm a franchise owner of, of bakery goods, um, Crumble Cookies, for those that know that brand. We own several stores around the country. Um, wherever opportunity is, financially, you know, when you're, a lot of times in the, as an entrepreneur, you're, you're living at large, and then other times you're paycheck to paycheck and putting things on Visa and MasterCard. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought three years ago this is where we'd be right now, um, helping so many businesses but also having an incredible executive team. And I can go into details of who everyone is, but um, what's very clear is that what has helped me, and I, and I would recommend this to any entrepreneur out there, is understand what you don't know and go seek out that help. Um, I, I sometimes feel like I have to micromanage everything, and if I don't understand something, if I don't understand how to make a website, I'm like, man, I gotta figure this out. But what, you got to get past that. You got to be able to invest in those experts and bring them bring them on board. And uh, we have an incredible group right now. We have, I think, eight partners with our company and 
over 200 you know, employees, and RevRoad has been a tremendous help. Thank you for that. Um, and truly, you guys have. I mean, you guys, you guys helped us when we were growing so fast that we were, I think we would have imploded in, in that growth if we didn't, if, you know, it's like tripping over, you're going so fast, you trip over your own feet. Uh, we were at that stage and you guys came in. It's been a pleasure. It's been really a fun journey. I can imagine that the tax code would force any micromanager to be like, no, I'll let somebody else manage this part of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was like 8,000 pages and yeah, nobody wants to have to be in the nitty gritty. Yeah. Just that. let's see one. So we have in-house counsel and I think we've retained three or four outside firms just to try to navigate this. It's, it's just, it, uh, it's a lot. Yeah, the tax code and it changes every year. Oh, and, 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 and then what we're learning too now, especially with what the IRS is doing, is um, it's very subjective. Parts of it can be subjective. And, and so what does that look like? Well, if, if it's not black and white, which accounting typically is, and that's why this is such an interesting credit, is it's a subjective accounting credit in terms of eligibility. Um, and so, um, yeah, it, an audit would happen and you might have an agent that, that disagrees with it. But then it can go to an appeal process. And typically in an appeal process, you have a more uh, tenured IRS agent that knows the rules a little bit better. And they might reverse it and say, oh, no, it's absolutely allowed. Uh, but I do think you're going to have some cases with ERC go all the way up the chain. And um, we, will, we will wait for those cases that set precedent on, on some of these, these vague things, parts of it. I was uh, I I did accounting in college, uh -huh. and creative accounting was a like really negative term. Like <laughs> if you were creative accounting, it was like yeah, you were doing things that were fraudulent. So yeah, yeah it's not really in our nature to to be creative or have no. these subjective black tax and white. Credits. Yeah, yeah now, exactly. Now to be clear, if you are eligible, the actual worksheet on calculating the credit it's to the penny. Yeah. So that th there's really no margin for error there, but. Um, eligibility. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that question that you'll hear. You'll probably, there's probably, if you Google it a hundred different podcasts and you'll have a, you'll have 50 different opinions about it. And they purposely left it open for that reason. Cause they wanted to get the, what's interesting is, is, uh, you know, this cares act, they wanted to get the money out to the businesses, right. As, as best they could, but they didn't really have a plan to do that per se. So that's why, you know, ERC specialists and some of the, the good actors here in the space have come and filled that void to kind of help companies get this credit as easily, easily and efficiently as possible. Yeah, so I was at a, in Washington, D.C. at a um, Ways and Means uh, Oversight Committee, and they acknowledged that. They said in a rush to provide aid, it was probably too broad and not very clear. So, um, yeah, we, we're, we're, ERC specialist is taking on the task of trying to figure it out. We feel like we have a pretty good idea, but it's a moving target with IRS. And so we're, we're trying to be nimble, um, lead with integrity, compliance first, in the end result of helping our businesses um, get what they deserve, and, um, and then also know what to do in the event that IRS comes asking questions about it. That's great. So they have a partner throughout the process. It's not just yeah. that initial stage. That's right. What, so how it sounds like, I, I think I understand, the, the government has paused kind of paying out on applications. They're still accepting applications. Yeah, so you had two buckets. You have a bucket of those that were processed before the announcement, and then you had any new filings that would go forward. And so um, they said, we're still going to process everything. And in fact, the IRS has a mandate. They can't not process. If 
fact, maybe we'll, we'll identify that. Is ERC going to go away? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up here in a second. But so you have these two buckets. One is what was in the queue. And they said, typically, we process that in 90 days and expect it to be double that. And honestly, it's, well, that's kind of normal. And then the second is, if you uh, file anything after this announcement, uh, we're not going to process it yet because they need to actually update their tech and improve some measures on their end. And so they wanted to put that in place and then put those files on top of that. So we don't know what that looks like. We, again, we welcome it. They've been backlogged since day one on these filings. So if they can speed up their process, we totally welcome that. But it might mean that things are delayed for a few months. But as I mentioned before, that's that's happened two or three times with this credit. So it sounds like they've been out about six months on, like from, from start to end anyways. If you look at the average, that's probably a true average, yeah. Um, and so uh, there, there's a lot of uncertainty. And, and again, even with this announcement, a lot of CPAs think, oh, ERC is done. It's actually not the case. It is paused. Um, the law is that IRS has to process anything that's filed. If they want to do audits after the fact, that's fine too. But they can't just choose not to process a, a tax return. And so what would have to happen in order for this to stop is legislation would have to amend and there's two years that this credit applies. There's the 2020 and 2021. So to stop the 2020, they'd have to amend something here in the next month. And I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, for them to stop the bigger part of the credit, which is, is uh, the 2021 year, they'd have to, they have next year to do that. But if you're in the political circle, um, no one wants to, no politician wants to take away money from small business in an election year, and next year is an election year. And you're gonna need bipartisan support, and um, I think it's unlikely that something gets passed. Coming around to it, I think the IRS understands those dynamics, and so they're doing what they can do, which is press releases and, and uh, definitely convey some of their concerns that they have. And what that's doing right now is, is scaring a lot of business owners into even looking to see if they're eligible. Mm -hmm. Mark, this is also fascinating. I mean, you've built this incredible company, you know, 200 employees plus, technology to go with it, processes. I mean, this is a full-fledged corporation, really. Um, what What are the next steps for when ERC credits start to wind down, you know, because it's time-based, as we talked about. What What's going to be the next step for ERC specialists going forward? So we we've known that that was on the radar for quite some time. And we're building these relationships with businesses, but we also have an affiliate network. We have a few master affiliates that, um, that, that have these personal relationships with, with the end business. And what they're asking for is, you guys have done a great job with this automation and providing an opportunity for every, everyone involved. Uh, what's next? And so the low-hanging fruit on that is identifying business services that kind of fit that same mold. And we've actually tasked RevRoad to take the lead of that. And I'm going to be lucky enough to be on the board of that new company. I don't know if you want to announce that company. Well, um, I don't know how much we want to say because we haven't fully announced it to the affiliate network, but yeah. it will be called Orchid. And maybe that's, what we're, that's where we leave it right now. <laughs> yeah. So Orchid spelling is O-R-K-I-D. But um, we, we do feel, again, this, uh, this obligation to provide that, continuing that opportunity um, because we've done such a good job, but also uh, customers are also looking for added benefit. 
Uh, for ERC, it was newfound money. They weren't necessarily planning on it at the end of the day. And they were able to, in a lot of cases, budget their company enough so that they didn't need it. So when this came, they were able to do some really incredible things with it to grow their business, or in a lot, in a lot of cases, it went to employees or themselves. And so, um, you know, we have good ratings on Google, and, and I think we have a good brand. Uh, but they're also asking for, how else can you help me? And there's existing businesses, and I think with technology, some of those services are ripe for innovation. And what I love about this is the, the incredible relationships you have with this affiliate network and the trust they have in ERC specialists. It's almost like whatever you end up building along with RevRoad, that's, that's what we want to be part of. So that's kind of a cool relationship right there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it is. And, and again, uh, what I like about um, what's next is innovation. I think business services, there is so much opportunity for innovation. Um, couple that with trust because you're going to have a new product out there. So you do need them to take that first step of trust. But the end, end result is I think they're going to have a great experience by they, you know, business owners. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've been an entrepreneur since day one. So I'm excited to hear what Orchid's going to do. And I'm sure it's going to be great. It's going to be cool. Mark, and, and just a question along those lines. What, what drives you? I mean, you are a fantastic entrepreneur. And this podcast is for entrepreneurs. So where where does this drive this this knowledge this I don't know this this incredible just oversight of growing companies come from? Can you pinpoint where that comes from in your life? Comes from I yeah. don't know, but what's driving that I think is a goal. And um, and two things come to mind. Um, I do think I I see and I brought this up at the beginning of the podcast. I see the fix. So if there's a problem. I, I feel like, and I think guys sometimes have this problem where they want to fix everything. But in the business world, I, I can be passionate about that because it's so clear to me. If we just did this, I think it fixes the problem. And then if, if you're an entrepreneur, that problem could, could help you, you know, monetarily, financially. The second thing I think that drives me is um, you know, financial freedom. I think that drives almost everyone here. Um, I've got four boys, family, they're all pretty young. And I look forward to the day where I don't have to go into work for a full year if I didn't want to. And as an entrepreneur, I, 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 we long for those times. Now, you can't sit still too long. So I say a year, but honestly, that probably ends up being about three months before I'm back to the next project. <laughs> right. right. But, uh, you know, family drives me, uh, spending more quality time with them. And, and then again, I think just it's not our inherent nature as an entrepreneur to fix. And it seems like, um, and I know your sweet wife, April, and she's so wonderful. And it seems like she's been supportive of this entrepreneurial journey from the get-go. Oh, since day one. I mean, I, uh, for the past, I don't know, 20 years, I, um, I've either been full commission or just an entrepreneur, business owner. I've never had a salary position before that or an hourly wage. And uh, so she's used to it. Yeah, the ups and downs that come with it. And that's someone you got to have by your side throughout this entire journey. Yeah. We hear that a lot on the podcast. Oh, it makes all the difference in the world. Um, you know, you look at the butterfly effect and how little things can change. That support or lack of support, I think, would have changed everything. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I I find it hard to believe that you'd last three months without finding another problem to solve. <laughs> I think it would happen sooner than that. Well, I can state my opinion to other people. <laughs> you know. Hey, you should you should solve it this way. <laughs> That's awesome. You've given us some great advice here, Mark. Anything else you'd like to say to entrepreneurs about your journey and what you've learned or 
what they should do, you know, or not do when they're building their companies? Um, I wouldn't be afraid to bring people along the way. Um, so a few things with this business is we have an incredible executive team, as I mentioned. And I think sometimes we get caught up in equity percentages or, well, I'm not willing to share here or there. Um, and I firmly believe in synergy. So the idea that you, know, you have the capacity to do only so much output, but you plus someone else, one plus one, their output and your output is actually greater than the sum of each of those independently. So one plus one equals three in that case. And that synergy concept, I, I, I've actually seen firsthand. Uh, supporting each other, bringing out additional amounts in, in each other. So I would, I would say don't be afraid to bring people along. And how that can look is it doesn't have to be, oh, you know, we're going to go in on this 50-50. It could be some equity. It could just be money. It could just be, hey, help me out. I'm, I need help and I need assistance. And you'll be surprised, those that have maybe been there before you or have been, had success before you, you know, they're willing to do it for free. So I would say, um, yeah, so don't be afraid to seek out help and realize that you're not an expert in every area. Um, but then also realize that um, you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. So I was with a story on that. I was uh, in Sun Valley, Idaho, a lot of wealth down there. And I was uh, working with a guy. We were actually looking at some of his investments and managing that actually. And he was this big real estate developer. And this is, so Sun Valley is where you had like Demi Moore and um, Bruce Willis. It's like the Park City of Idaho, right? Yeah. But, but bigger than Park City. It's just a lot of money. In fact, he made the comment, he goes, $100 million doesn't buy you any respect in this town. To kind of put it in perspective. It's like, like pennies. Yeah. He's like, you better be a billionaire to, for anyone to even know your name here. And, and I'm a kid at the time, so I'm just soaking it all in. But he also made the comment that almost everyone there fell into their wealth by luck or family money, but in a lot of cases, just by luck. And uh, that, that stuck with me that you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to know everything about a tax credit before you actually just jump into it. You can learn, learn along the way and especially bring other people al you know, along the way to, to fill in the gaps. That's cool. How do, uh, how do companies get access to ERC specialists? So um, easiest, uh, easiest way is just go to our site, ERCspecialist.com. We have uh, Begin Eligibility tab right there. That's the easiest way to get started. Okay. Maybe we should do a quick shout out to your executive team. You've mentioned them several times, and um, they're all incredible individuals. I've met them all as well, but uh, let's just do a quick shout out to all of them. Shout out. We've got uh, the founder. Uh, there's four founders. I'm actually not one of the founders. I, I came on about a month after. Uh, but Josh Zaglowski... Uh, Justin Atkinson, our CTO, now it's Chief Product Officer. Um, Chandler, Rusty. Uh, Jerry Bowen is now, uh, she came on a little bit later, but she's an equity partner. Rocky is our uh, in-house counsel. And hopefully I'm not missing anybody. Shane uh, came on a little bit later. Shane Sullivan's our COO. And then myself, that kind of rounds it out. So, yes, uh, an incredible group. And then even beyond that, a good management team below that. But um, uh, definitely couldn't have done uh, any of this without them and without RevRoad and without the employees that we have. Um, absolutely. You know, we, would have, we would have tripped over ourselves you know, pretty early on.
It's cool. You've built a really cool company. I'm excited to see what's next. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Mark, for taking some time with us. And uh, it's been fun. And when we've learned a ton about ERC credits and, and what that means for the public and for companies. So Yeah, probably not your most exciting podcast, right? I think people are going to listen to this only if maybe they think they, they may be eligible or if they're a business owner. Um, you know, no one is like, I think, downloading you know, tax credits just to listen in their spare time. <laughs> Uh, but for those that are into it, yeah, it's, it's a captivating time right now. Um, it's very interesting. There's a lot of fun things happening and, um, it's changing day to day, but you're welcome. And thank you guys for, for having me. Appreciate it. Awesome. Take care, Mark. Good luck with everything. Thank you. See ya. The Midnight Founders podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And Rev Road is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.